Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan, 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, myself and Simon were joined by Martin Keown after Manchester City wrapped up their third consecutive Premier League title. What about Guardiola? Does, does the dominance only end when Pep departs the scene? Or are they at their peak? Well, that depends what they do next. I mean, he's got another two years left on his contract. There is a school of thought, and it's going to be a school of thought that Man City fans will think is mean-spirited. But if you are the best team in the country last year, with the best coach, and then you go and sign the best centre-forward in world's football, there is a distinct possibility you might win the league. <laughs> and, and so with that in mind, you know, these people have to be managed, and they have to be, uh, be driven in a certain way and improved. There's no debate that Guardiola gets the very best from the best players, and then keeps them at a level and, and improves them and changes their attitude and makes them better component parts of a, of a great football team. Look, everything comes to an end. Nothing lasts forever. To win 60% of the Premier League titles over a decade is daunting. And to some 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 people's mindsets, could be damaging for the Premier League. I'm, I like that he's forthright, and I like that he's down the barrel. I, I just wish that off the field they would be quite as forthright and down the barrel with some of the other things they've got to face off the pitch because there's one thing winning a Premier League and one thing dominating in English football. There's another thing doing it under the auspice of a cloud because it's not great that our Premier League champions have got charged well, by their own league. Jim, Jim, you were suggesting there, weren't you, at the outset, I think I believe it was a question of are we waiting for Pep now to sort of hang up his boots before everybody else gets a chance? Kind of. I, I, yeah, well, I, yeah, but I think what might be interesting here is... Whether or not Pep tries to create a successive plan of management to someone to succeed him, and that's where they go beyond. Well, Manchester United thought they would do that. That's correct, but that's where they go way beyond every any other club that's been in this in this situation. And I think there's the intelligence to do that. Now there are people. There's obviously Vincent Company, and then you've got Mikel Arteta. People that have worked. It'd be very interesting who Pep would recommend. I feel that he loves this club in a different way now to Bar- his Barcelona and Bayern Munich days, and I feel if it, if they are to become a really a truly a family then he should, if it's a family-run business, find a successor for that company. That he not, should be part of it. Yes, and I part think that eventually he will probably, if he wants to. If he, he, I mean, I think that's a, but Martin, I think, I think that's a question, Simon. It's a good point that Martin's got us on to because will Manchester City soon be encountering the Sir Alex Ferguson moment? 
Well, he's got two years left to go. So whilst he's still enjoying the job and still achieving... It's on the horizon. It's Yeah, of course it is. Will he be responsible? Is it unrealistic? Did Ferguson really have a succession programme? No, he alighted upon someone that he felt had the capability to manage Manchester United post him. Was that really a considered and evaluated look at the at the, at the, the the next generation of Manchester United? Probably not, because the outcome was what it was. And Ferguson would never have sat here believing that his legacy was going to be then diminished by the next 10 years yes. of a football club in decline. Yeah. Do I think that Guardiola will create a culture within inside Manchester City? The reasons why Man City have won and keep winning is because they keep on going for the best in class and they spend inordinate amounts of money to be able to achieve that. Whether that's a £15 million a year coach and he's part of a family... Fine. You know, he's part of a family that's given him enormous resource and enormous rewards. But he's done the job. And that's what's great about Guardiola is there's so many pretenders out there. Conti came over and pretended for 18 months. He's come over and did and done the job. So you yeah. kind of don't begrudge him. We'll all throw mm. the little brickbats in from the side about the observations <laughs> about Man City's off-field activities mm. and the fact he's got the best players. Mm. But he's the one that actually delivers the outcome. Now, if he wins the Champions League then he has completed the circle for Manchester City. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. So many questions to be asked this morning. And Martin, I want to put the question I asked to Simon to you. Who stops them next season? A Manchester City, this runaway train that now can't be halted by anyone, by Arsenal, by anybody. Well, uh, Jim, to be honest, when you look at it and you think this season has been, there's players that have emerged this year. When you think, obviously, Haaland's first season coming into the team, Alvarez um, is another player that has just come through. Akanji, new signings. He let Jesus go. He let Sterling go. He let, let Zinchenko go, which I thought was really healthy. Everyone was saying, oh, hold on. That's, he's given them to his major rivals, but he created an energy in the group where, yeah. mm. look, guys, they set a very high level, but we keep on revolving it. We keep on bringing new players in. I, I even think Stones... Is now this is the year he's really, really stood up and we've gone, hold on, this player now plays to another level. Jim, this little role of going into midfield, which is something that Gundogan talked about after the game. It was really interesting hearing Gundogan say, well, look, you know, we did this with Fab- Fabian Delph, um, who left the club in 2019. We play, He came into midfield and we kind of abandoned it. Yeah. Manager looked like he had gone away from that, but yeah. he, he's brought it back again. Yeah. But he's brought it back again because he now feels he's got the players who can actually play in a better way in this in this system. And I think actually a, a player that we should be mentioning is, is, is Rico Lewis, a young player that after Christmas, and I've looked through it, uh, came into the team and showed the way uh, to such an extent that Cancelo wasn't happy with sitting out of the team sure. and was allowed to and leave. Off he went. So and this great strength and depth, I mean, it's a runaway train, can it be halted? strength and depth, but it's a vision from the manager of where he wants to play. He wants extra bodies in midfield and then the midfield, Jim, it's like a ladder to the goal. And what they do is to get in that middle area of the ladder, they want to they put extra bodies from the back into there. It's a numbers game. Yeah. And then they can shift that midfield player forward. And Gundogan's brilliant. He was talking about... Haaland takes two players to pick him up. Now, really, what to beat them, you need a centre-half who can go man-for-man with Haaland because then the numbers stay the same in midfield and you can deal with anybody coming from deep. So it's a challenge, a huge challenge, but these guys are at the beginning of their careers. Mm. You look at Grealish. This is his first proper season launching his career for me at Man City. Aki's the same. So the first season was a bit of a false start for Jack. Now this is a real yeah. deal. So you've got, you've got really, you've got Aki and you've got Grealish yeah. you could put into that. You've, Stones has been there for a long time, Jim. There's the, the competition for paces, Laporte, what, what, Diaz. 
there's always someone who can't play. There's always I, I, someone you look at and you I feel a little you, bit Mark. sorry for. I hear you, but it does it does add up, Simon, to somewhat Premier League predictability when you look at it, doesn't it? So should should that be admired or derided? This is what City. We give can't us. take anything away from we what they're t- achieving. No, of course. Why would you deride it? But well, no, you you critically appraise it about the evaluation of what the Premier League conceptualises in the mind of others around the world. What we don't like, and you don't, you know, Bayern you don't Munich, want total dominance, really. Well, Bayern do Munich have won the league ten times mm-hmm. in the last ten years. Who wants that? That doesn't no, that doesn't sell the product well. And then you look at the component parts of the teams that are going to compete with um, Man City next year, and you wonder Chelsea. They're coming back from a long way back, and I don't think they'll challenge them. I think they'll be in and amongst the contenders, but they won't challenge them. United, well, it depends what they do in the transfer window. They've got a club under sale. If they're not going to buy enough players, and they're going to have a challenge. Liverpool the question is can and can Jurgen Klopp rebuild Arsenal I think unless there's a massive spend in Arsenal I think they're going to fall away that's my view and Martin will probably have a different one and Newcastle well I think Newcastle are going to do very well to sustain the top four position but if they are able to sustain it then I think they'll be one of the slick teams in the next couple of years because of the resources irrespective of the decrying of the fact they're not going to spend King's ransoms they will and they will in the Champions League now, they've opened up another £50 million of revenue that can give them another £40, £50 million of spend if they want it. You think they'll spend it? I think, of course they'll spend it. Yeah. I think but the challenge for Newcastle is playing in the Champions League football will also add to their schedule. So I do think there is a there is Klopp, a jeopardy. We should maybe look to Liverpool and maybe well, feel that they're not that far away from Simon, that great manager that. getting it's it back. This is Simon. It. You do think there will be a jeopardy? I do think there will be a jeopardy, uh, you know, in terms of the, te- of, the, of, of, the, of the competition becoming dominated by Man City again next year. Because what are we seeing about this football club? Haaland is going to be in his second season. Unless he gets injured, you're going to see an even better season for him. It doesn't matter if they work out to play against him. There are times when that side are unplayable, and as a result of it, he becomes unplayable by the benefit of association alongside his own gifts. So I, I do fear that this becomes... A mon- but it's upon the other sides. It's upon the other sides. And let's be clear, if Arsenal had done their job at times when it was very mm. upon them to do their job, this was not diced and sliced and cut and dried. This was still in their hands. Man City didn't be- win the league because they beat Arsenal twice. They won the league because at the business end of the season, Arsenal got altitude sickness. Does it hurt, <laughs> Does it hurt you to hear that, Martin? They fell away. That's a fact. But they- Arsenal was still in this title race when they went to the Etihad. And they got blown away because I, I feel the manager had the right tactics. Gundogan's telling us, you know, you, you go, you, there's two defenders. Arsenal went one for one, one man for man, Haaland and, and De Bruyne, and got blown away. So it's about Arsenal, really. The players need to be better. I don't think there's any wrong, anything wrong with the tactics. Does it, yes, Martin, at the weekend. Does it, does it hurt? It should be hurting the players, but you need to use that as oxygen. As an invincible, does it hurt you? You and well, Adams it, it's and the gone, rest of them. It's gone for me now. It's not about me. I lead my life, I carry on. I lead my life in a different way. But for the current group, I can tell you now, there was lots of disappointments for Arsenal when we lost the league after um, 1988. And we had to watch Manchester United win a treble, but we were only a point behind them in the league. We only Mm. lost in the semi-final in the Mm. FA Cup. But we came back stronger. We rebuilt. It has to hurt. Has to give you oxygen. There's many questions, though, isn't it? It gives you oxygen to go forward that, in a battle. And that's a mentality in the dressing room. But there's many questions as well as many answers because Arsenal got found out a couple of times by particularly two sides that that defeated the tactical approach that they had, which was Brighton and Man City. The moment the moment you built that you beat that full press from Arsenal, there's nothing else that they've got. I think and, when Saliba was lost from the team, the team, if we, and the, that's the, a part. If you're looking at it as a tactician, they dropped yeah. ten yards, Jim. They yeah. did. They couldn't play high anymore, and balls were being played into into space, and they didn't quite have that one to one ability. And that's why you need a bigger it. and better squad. Yeah, exactly, I mean, Simon. Look at and, if you look at Pep's telling us he's got proper defenders now. He, a, a light bulb for him. 
he realises in a 1v1 situation, it's over in a moment. So I've yeah. got to have proper defenders. Yeah, but he can, change the, need that he as can well. change the bench for almost better players. You had a waxwork dummy as well, a centre-half. Yeah, had a bench. You see, he had £500 million worth of players sitting on the bench yesterday. This is it. This is yeah. club is 10 years ahead of Arsenal. Let's not keep battering Arsenal. Arsenal are trying to come after them. It's not battering. And if we, don't have, if we didn't have Arsenal this year, it's it'd have been over by Christmas. But you, it's not battering. Being able to have a strong opinion and critically evaluate is not battering. No. It's observing. No, but we have to be careful of the levels because I think Arsenal deserve some respect for what they've achieved. But they need to obviously be do a lot better next year. I think everyone because knew, the class. I, in, I think everyone so, knew in football that Arsenal were going to lose to Forest on the weekend. Yeah, but I think that it's shows something I about think, the side. I think it's difficult. When you when you know you're only going for second place, you I'm have to so you sure have to make about, an adjustment. I'm not so sure about respect, man. Uh, we appreciate what they've done, and they they gave it a good run. No, but I but, don't. But I, they fell away of that. Yeah, there yeah is but no let's doubt. not ridicule the club, but, no, uh, because no, they're now nobody's ridiculing no, the club. No, I'm suggesting the you are. This no, I'm is. suggesting you are. <laughs> I, I'm suggesting that they, they need to begin. Well, you're wrong. Who's ridiculing uh, well, the club? Well, you were just saying that they blew it, they bottled it, they've blown it. Nobody said that. You said that. Nobody said that in this. They handed it back to Man City. Yeah. That's exactly what they, they handed it back to Man City. They, by, by drawing Southampton, we, we, by drawing with West Ham, by drawing with Liverpool, they handed it back. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Simon, one thing we should not ignore, and I know there'll be a, a sigh all round from the blue side of Manchester, but we've got to say it. There was a pitch invasion at the Etihad. There was a pitch invasion. And football fans continue... To do this, but did City fans not get the memo not to enter the field of play at the at the Etihad to invade the pitch? Because they still did it, Simon, and this was no explosion of emotion uh, explosion of emotion argument. They knew they'd won the title. Mm. They knew it was in their hands. So this was nothing spontaneous. Oh, I've got to go on the pitch and celebrate. They still went on. It was oh. premeditated. It was pre-planned. Yeah. And I know they'll be saying, kill Joy, kill Joy. No, you can't do it. It's a sense of entitlement from football fans that they can go on the pitch. I don't know how they're going to stop it. I don't actually know whether they should stop it. But, but and I don't know whether football should actually get to the point where something happens and then everybody can turn around and go, why didn't someone stop it? Because, you know, I, I was speaking to someone over the weekend, someone in, 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 a, in a significantly influential position in football, and their attitude was, listen, this needs to stop. And people are forgetting what's happened in yesteryear was the exact expression. Now, I don't know. I mean, there has been a... Ta we keep saying this and people keep thinking it's some sort of Grinch mentality that people want to kill the joy in football. Nobody... I don't have a fundamental problem with pitch invasions, but if the laws of the game turn around and fan to fans and say, you can no longer do it because there's a worry about the fear of an individual instance happening... Then somewhere along the line, as much as it flies in the face of what I believe, I'm not an establishment person. No, I don't. I don't actually mind. I was probably one of those kids in 1979. If it had got an opportunity, if my dad had grabbed me back, that would have run on a pitch when Palace uh, got promoted to the first division. But there is a now a rule, and the rule isn't there because football people are trying to kill the joy of football. It isn't because football administrators don't get it. It isn't because football clubs... Because this didn't start necessarily with the football administrators. It started with football clubs saying that we're a bit uncomfortable with the nature of what's going on with some of the fans. We're a bit uncomfortable that fans are getting too close to the players, which I don't always concur with. We're a bit uncomfortable, a lot uncomfortable with what happened with fans at Wembley. We're a lot uncomfortable with what happened with Man United fans breaking into Old Trafford and effectively stopping the playing of a game. We're uncomfortable with those things. So now we're saying we want you to keep off the pitch. The problem is, you've for 50 years, we have celebrated fans celebrating on the pitch. And now we want to change that. 
And until something happens, until football either says, that's it, we're not going to tolerate it, we're going to put fences up again, mm. which we do not want. No, no. Or someone gets something happened to them on the pitch, mm. it's not going to stop. But Simon, the trick is to, to, to stop it before... How do you, something Jim, you happened. Jim, How? You, you see, almost impossible. Because they're not getting the message. Jim, we, they're not they've taking got the message. They've got the message. They're, they, they're, they're ignoring at, at they're Hillsborough, not acting on it. At Hillsborough the other night, how were you going to stop those Sheffield Wednesday fans coming onto the pitch? They've an incredible result. They're euphoric. They run onto the pitch. How are you going to stop that? How many people do you have to have around? Do you know what, though, Martin? I'm sick of hearing this. They're euphoric. Be euphoric. Where you are. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just, you're just saying, how do you stop it? Now, okay, hopefully that went across, that went down peacefully and there wasn't any problem. I think yeah. the problems are when players start getting attacked. We saw Nogan Forest player, we saw Patrick Vieira being attacked. That's the issue, is where if you get idiots that come on, they come on to celebrate their team, but if they go to go the opposition, then it's a different but, but situation. But the problem is, Martin, yeah. the problem is you will always have a section of people that have that mentality. They're a small section, but you can't possibly know that. But you can't say only the ones that want to come on the pitch Correct. can celebrate. I get that. If football's serious about it, if it's really serious about it, rather than just doing it because it it Do feels it does it build on you future, you future stadia with moats around? I get the impression from speaking to people that they're not going to stop this, but it happens once a year at the end of the season, so you know when it's coming. So what do they want? Do the fans want all of a sudden playoff games to be played behind limited attendances and and closed doors? Nobody wants that. Well, if if football wants to stop this. It's going to move into that territory. Exactly. Isn't it? It's going to move into that it space. I don't want it to because I do. I look. We are. Do, Brighton made Europe we, yesterday. Okay, Simon, but, not one fan but, in the pitch. But let me ask you the question, Jim. Because players and families were on. It was great, and that's fine. No pitch invasion. Well, you're saying it's a gym. Some Jim, of them listen. Jim, when England, what was the famous commentary? There's people on the pitch. The pitch. They think it's all over. We've had it since time began. Yeah. Fans running onto the pitch. I'm afraid. It's can part we, of our, can, I'm not sure how you eradicate. Can it. we ask? Can we ask ourselves the question, Jim? Because you, both of you and I have said that. I do believe if you're told to do something, you've got to do it in the end, right? And if you don't want to do it, it'll be a consequence. For I it. agree with you. But what is the genesis of this? Because we have repeatedly, for 50 years, going back to the World Cup final and probably beyond, have tacitly accepted that fans run on the pitch. We've always railed back against the thuggish element of what happens there. But why all of a sudden? Have we in the media suddenly decided, don't do it? Because we have. What's, oh, no, what, no, what, what was the trigger for that? The, it's not us in the media, it's the authorities. But they're not We're doing... pushing the authorities' line. The authorities are saying, this can happen. But they're not doing anything so about it. it. So it's a, I, I agree. But it's so our what's job the point of the message? to push that line. But do we, do we agree with that line, though? Because yeah, the media is yeah, very influential. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, so what, so what you arrest, arrest 25,000 people at Goodison on the last game no, of the of season. Of course not. Well, no, exactly. So then you, you have the message you over. When one runs so on, then, you don't follow So then you must be in the camp, right, that you believe that there should be reduced attendances, that they should be caged in, that there should be this sort of thing. That's no, it. I, yeah, I agree well, with then, you in that we don't want it to come to that where, time. That's where it's going to have to go. So in between that stage, how do you stop them? Because you've got the next generation of fans now. You've got fathers running on the pitch. You were forward thinking when you were at Palace, We had a police officer last year that came on and said, I ran on the pitch with my kid I was off I, duty I, that. I ran on the but pitch then you, yeah. the last game the last game of a home season you have a contained situation where the players How? are allowed to be ferried off the pitch and the fans come on oh right so you're going to tell do the you, fans no no do you actually do it do you work with it rather than against it well they do don't they to some extent they do to some extent but what you're talking about are you going to seriously tell me that you're going to say to Sheffield Wednesday fans after losing 4-0 on the first leg 5-1 five, uh, five in the second one win on penalties yeah. hang on a second let's get the players off first yeah, do you know I, what I, Simon I football indulges certain sections of support it does in Scotland Celtic Rangers have got some black shirted individuals with megaphones yeah. who are allowed to in, and they indulge in them yeah so they encourage them why don't the clubs speak to some of those so called so-called influential supporters groups and say 
over to you now. But do you, do you, you've do you, got to start this. Do you assume and it, t- spread the word? You can't run on. But spread I, the word. The ball's in your court. But I would assume that that was exactly what happens. I would assume that they do precisely that. That they will they will reinforce the messages on match day with messages prior to the game to the supporters groups and to the recognised leaders of the supporters associations. And this is not what we want. But again, I go to the question. It's not a small segment of people coming onto pitches. It is a significant section of the of the fan yeah, base. Yeah. So with that in mind, if football is now alighted upon the fact that this is now rule, after all the years of pretty much celebrating you guys no, coming I on agree pitch, with you. so football is going to have to do something different, isn't it? Because it's not if you, you know, exactly if you ask them nicely, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. But what we're going to go over to fans now is you're looking at a banning order. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at a banning order. So don't do it because a time might come that eight or 10 or 12 or 20 of you are corralled off, you're taken off the pitch and you've been given banning orders and you won't be laughing then. And that's when it will get serious. I know we sound like Killjoys. I sound like one this morning. We want you to celebrate. Be happy. It's the game you love, but you can't do this. And that's not from us. That's from the authorities. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Martin Keown, Arsenal Invincible, sitting with Simon and myself this morning. Martin, I mean, the, the, the facts are fairly stark and bare for everybody to see an unexpected title race yes but it's whimpering now to the finishing line as as, as far as Arsenal are concerned isn't it <clears throat> Jim I, just to let you know like when you're a top sports person okay when you can be a winner and you can be the champion it's easy almost in a way if everything's clicking it's going well when you have to readjust to, become, to come second it, it's a difficult adjustment and I think for Arsenal it was very evident that that's what they're playing for and then you fall away because some people don't want second best but sometimes second is not the end of the world. Now, the Arsenal team that I played in, in the seven seasons I, I, I managed to hang on to Arsene Wenger when he came in, he was a fantastic manager. We came second four times. You can come second, Jim. There's no embarrassment to come in second. As long as you use that, 
You use the hurt from that. But you heard the, Teta there. I'm telling you how it is for the mentality of a football club and how they build from here. You want to have a little go. You want to you want to ridicule. Now it sounds like ridicule to me. You don't think it does, right? You're goading. No, no, you're goading. You're goading. You're goading the Arsenal fans. Look, it's sad. It's sad. You knew your voice. It's sad. Oh, it's so sad. Look, okay, Jim. It is disappointing because that's your dream to win a league, but that's that's a problem for Arsenal. So they need to build on it. Their depth, strength in depth, is not there. But so, to quote Simon, I have no dog in this particular fight. So I'm looking at well, it. Well, I picked up a tone. And I, and I picked I'm up thinking, a tone and I'm just exa- I'm explaining that Well, you're to imagining you. it. No, I'm not imagining it. You're imagining, imagining it. it. No, no, no. I sit here often enough. I, you're I, imagining I, I, it. Arsenal lost. Why would, why would I have any particular Arsenal pleasure lost. in Arsenal going so close and not winning it? I don't know. Well, there you know. go. So yeah, they lost, the question, they lost the momentum. They, that's what happened. They they lost games that they should look. You're playing Southampton at home, and you you're what you're two nil down. That can't happen. They made they started making silly mistakes, Jim. Now you could say, oh, the hand of pressure reached out and grabbed them round the throat, and it didn't go well. Maybe that happened. Maybe maybe that's being discussed. Maybe they want players that are maybe. But that's what slightly you said. Than I mean, you spoke about that. You spoke about the unique pressure it comes when it comes down the straight about how you've got to be together as Correct. a unit, how you've got to be together to overcome it. Now, do you think in the modern day, you go back to your time? I think it's a different generation of society, different generation of outlook, and certainly a different generation of footballer. And it's about overcoming adversity, about rebouncing back from bouncing back from what you think was yours that you gave away to others. Do you see enough? Because I don't. Do you see enough in this Arsenal culture from manager to the players that are there that are going to take this season as a bitter pill to I, then bounce back from? I think it's easy to look at what they've not been doing recently and and maybe fear for next season. You know, because you think okay, it's about momentum. But I've seen enough in the first ten months of the season to suggest okay, there's enough winners there. Um, and even Jacker the other day, I think, I think he probably for the first time felt okay. I'm not perhaps going to be a part of the of the future of the football club. The, you know, they 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 played the uh, centre half at, at left back yesterday the other day. Partey at right back. You're looking at some of the decisions. You're thinking okay, I'm not sure that these are the correct ones going forward. And it didn't work, did it? Do you see? Do you see the perhaps some of the reasons why people like uh, Jesus were prepared to be let go from Manchester City? In no. terms of the the whilst he he is a a, a, a a very striking player, there isn't enough end product from him in terms of goals, is there? I think he brings a great deal of quality. I think uh, let's look at what he can do. And can you win this league without scoring twenty five goals? Can you can you win well, the league without having a, t- a was, player that's capable of scoring twenty five goals? Well, yeah, because he was at Man City. No one has he was done recently. Man- How many medals did he win at Man City when they didn't have a prolific but he goal was, scorer? But he was a marginalised player. No, he played on he played in a wide role. Sam, I'm, I'm, used I'm to, right. I'm right. Thinking, Sam, you, you don't think say over the next three years that Arsenal will win it under Arteta? Am I right? I'm beginning. Uh, I'm beginning to have grave reservations insofar as I have any investment in Arsenal. I mean, obviously, I'd like to see a London side win it rather than the Northern side because of this my you know my geographic bias. I'm a, I'm a Southerner. But I'd like to see the best team win as a matter of course, and I'd like that to be a southern side. Um, but I look at Arsenal, I think, unless you're going, to, unless the boardroom is going to have the exact same appetite as we suggest that maybe Arteta is going to have, and that's going to have to be matched with some very significant investment, I, do, I, I worry that Arsenal going into the, into the Champions League will also have a different demand upon them. They could go into the Champions League, not do very well in that, and carry that form into the Premier League and find themselves being the master of nothing. Well, I, I just think, I mean, Arsenal weren't even in, in Europe at all last year. And so that there's a there's a group of players not missing, Jim. No, you've that's got, a good point. You've had 10 years of Man City being in the Champions League. 
qualifying every year, year on year, and buying great players. Now, Arsenal, you have to say Zinchenko, the Zinchenko and Jesus have, have, had, have improved the Arsenal group, but he's got to go to the next level again next season. But Arsenal, but Arsenal, they need to buy players from midfield. We, we, don't, we don't think Arsenal need, are going to win the Premier League. They probably need a right-back now. Ben White looks like he can play in a central position, and maybe he can do the John Stones role. Do you see of, Arsenal of, winning of the league next year, midfield. That's a question. Do you see Arsenal winning the league not, next year? Not the way they finished the season, no. Not, do, not do you right see now. Arsenal winning the league, in the, say, in the next three seasons under Arteta? I, I think we need Pep to hang up his boots for anyone to have a real opportunity of winning this. And that's why I talked at the very start of this show. The thing that he could do most of all, the, the, maybe the greatest gift he gives City is to go to the boardroom but, but, and he works out that but, he's successful. And Martin, that's why they'll have Martin, to, let's, total let's, dominance let's, forever. Let's examine that right, just for a moment. right? Jurgen Klopp won the league when Liverpool were playing to their very best version of themselves. Yes. Right? And they currently aren't. And the decline of Liverpool and Chelsea has nothing to do with Man City. That's on them and their choices. If Klopp comes to the table again and is able to rebuild a side, it doesn't need Guardiola to hang his boots up. It needs the other teams to start to come to the fore again. Yeah, but the no, fellas, one is, no one yeah, is but insurmountable. The, the guy's a tactical genius. So what Klopp is doing now, Klopp didn't change his tactics. Everybody found out what Klopp was doing. The high press wasn't working. Teams were just kicking it long. So he wasn't getting any joy. So he now he's had to, to go back to the drawing board. The and he's copying he? a little bit what City do. He needed to change Alexander the Arnold now plays in almost centre midfield. So I'm t- the, the guy you, is you're, the best. What you're saying is Mario Pep's is the best in class. Stand aside so that everybody else gets I a asked chance. It, I put that question to him. We're working for BT and I said, look, you know, are we not going to win anything? And do you step aside? He said, I'm not going to step aside. Why would I do that? I really enjoy what I'm doing. That answer's been missed. This fella's here for a long time to come. And he can, and he can choose to do whatever he wants to, by the way. He's earned the right to do that. But I think eventually, if it's 10 years from now, I think he helps to find a succession Interestingly, plan Pep was asked for the, the next weekend. manager. Pep was actually asked, man, what do you say to those people who said that Arsenal were well, the bottled it? They are winners. I said I defend many times. So We, we won two times Premier Leagues for Liverpool for one point. They are winners. I don't buy this product like I say just me because I won for one point Liverpool I am better than Liverpool and they are but so we push them Arsenal but they are an ex- they have done exceptional so they have to feel I'm not the one to say what they want to feel but I, I, sh- I should be proud where they come from where they undo it and the step forward they have doing they have to sustain it that is a reality but uh, they, they, for me, they are the winners. They, they bring me, so I have to study a lot. I have to, they, 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 they make me think a lot what they have to do to beat them or to beat every game. And they did it. They did it to us. But our relentless and our don't give up and had the feeling that I said many times, so we have to win today, we have to win today, otherwise we will not be possible. That helped us a lot. I was Pep saying, they are winners. Mm. Do you think he means it, Martin? Yeah, well, you think he's been condescending then in the way that he said that? There, there, in some quarters, there's been a suggestion that he's been kind to them because he knows his boys are winners, that no, they've I, won I'll it. tell you what he's doing. So he's, I, I'm he's going actually, to be complimentary no, to Arsenal. He's saying that Arsenal made him better, made him go back to the drawing, uh, drawing board. They, they put Rico Lewis into midfield, Jim, just after Christmas. Have a little look, go through it, see what happened. They brought him into the team. He injected a, a wet. He was punching balls through midfield. He was allowing midfield Gundogan to go forward. They got the, the extra bodies in and around Haaland. It changed the way they played. It it kind of showed a way for the rest. Cancelo, you go. I tell you what, you head off to Barcelona to, to Bayern Munich if you're not happy because this is the way we're now going to play. And this young man is demonstrating that. But the, I tell you what, I'll take him out again though. Really good management because I don't think he's quite got the experience to deal with uh, playing against Liverpool, playing against Arsenal. Important games they all won. Yeah. So this manager. The way he's spinning all these plates and the decisions that he's making is brilliant. 
and he finds the right tactic. But basically That's what you're what saying this morning is, and, and, and this is what you've come up with, and I think a lot of people will agree with you, Martin, unless Guardiola steps aside, no one else is going to win it. For now, for now. But Jim, I can tell you now that in the Manchester United era, era with Arsenal, we were faced with the same thing, weren't we? So Arsenal, oh, they won, so in 99, they won the treble. But what well, were we going to just pack up and that was it? They just, it's their ball? No. I think I think... no, no, no. So in 2002, we come back and we win the double. And where do we win it? We win it at Old Trafford. Yes, but you so do... what you do in this adversity, you build, you build, don't you, over the years. And but you're you not said, looking, you're... As a group, you get stronger, you get better. But you're not looking at a league that... It's no point comparing what you did 20 years ago to what's happening now. It's no, a whole new ballpark. What I'm saying... I think Pep Guardiola but is being the... magnanimous about Arsenal he, he is supporting Martin's view that was sneered at by Rio Ferdinand supported by me when I thought Martin's point of view was had some merit in it and he was being uh, people like Ferdinand were being a bit facetious with him um, and he supported Martin's view but here's the thing if Liverpool won the league Arsenal finished second and Man City finished third I bet Pep Guardiola wouldn't be calling Arsenal winners because he'd be too busy concerned about what his team were, were achieving because none of them would be winners it's easy to say that other people have done something when you're big magne- being magnanimous he doesn't want to give the media clip and crop which is basically saying anything other than something that's worthy of respect because Arsenal are worthy of respect by criticising teams the problem with people in society and sometimes football people and sports people is the moment you dare open your mouth and not suggest everything is wonderful then it's criticism or it's it's vitriol, it's ridicule, it's parody. Sometimes it's just critical observation. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow.